Good morning, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion. On our subject today is truth, and thank you for joining us. We are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, in the United States of America. And we welcome you all. And we'll begin with the morning prayer. I'm reading from page 285 of Divinity Course in General Collectania and page 277 of Miscellaneous Writings, except from that. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The knowing is the thing that counts. Falsehood is on the wings of the winds, but truth will soar above it. Truth is speaking louder, clearer, and more imperatively than ever. Error is walking to and fro in the earth, trying to be heard above truth, but its voice dies out in the distance. Whosoever proclaims truth loudest becomes the mark for error's shaft. The archers aim at truth's mouthpiece, but a heart loyal to God is patient and strong. Justice waits and is used to waiting, and right wins the everlasting victory. The Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice. Mary Baker Eddy. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you, Florence. Perfect. All right, our watching point. Watch number 55. Watch left in your endeavor to apply absolute science to the human problem. You feel that you should ignore the claims of mortal sense, material sense, since it is unscientific to acknowledge them. This error is seen in those who talk in terms of absolute science all the time and rebuke those who voice anything concerning the human problem. <clears throat> Such an attitude, Mrs. Eddy says, may be a tedious mischief maker. On page 252 of Science and Health, she writes, quote, A knowledge of error and of its operations must precede that understanding of truth which destroys error, end quote. When an architect designs a structure, he draws his conception on paper. Then comes its construction. In establishing the true sense of man, the perfect model must be formed in thought. Then, with this perfect ideal before one, he can carve it out in his daily life. Thus, a practical demonstration in science is the effort to make one's ideal an actuality, always bearing in mind the difference between the ideal and the demonstration of the ideal. One is the science one sees, and the other is the science one understands. One must never permit an element of error to enter into one's scientific conception. In his demonstration of that ideal, there is much error to be detected and eliminated. 
Thus, demonstration involves error to be acknowledged as a false claim to be destroyed, whereas absolute science makes no such acknowledgement. The healer in Christian science carries two lines of thought. First, the approximation to the truth, and second, the final truth. He argues for the, all the manifestations of health of body. At the same time, he argues that man is God's own image and likeness. In the words of St. John, quote, Now are we the sons of God, end quote. The full consummation of life, truth, and love is not reached at once, but through the footsteps as did the Apostle. When we have reached divine understanding through these footsteps, we shall then know the way, the truth, and the life. Then we shall find ourselves the image and likeness of divine love, the child of God, the offspring of spirit, never born of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but coexistent with the eternal and infinite God. Thank you. Okay, comment. Well, I was thinking about, um, I was actually just talking to Sharon about how important it is to keep that high standard for ourselves. But, you know, sometimes in the work, we have to accept, you know, like I said about Mrs. Eddie, had to accept, you know, a certain percentage out of people. And I think, you know, it's important not to berate people if they can only give 20% or whatever, you know, every little bit counts and it all moves forward. So who knows what percentage I'm giving. So. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of the quote in the lesson uh, that was given to, uh, by my practitioners week to work with so that not to avoid the air, but face it. And it talks about exposing and denouncing the claims of evil and realizing no reality in them. And that was explaining, that's what he's explaining, he feels to me. Detect it and then eliminate. Yeah, it's a nine in science and health. It, it's the perfect way to handle error. This is handling it. This is not ignoring it. And there's a huge difference. And there's so many scientists who just think ignoring it is the way to go. And, and if you are working in the truth the way you should, you will find this to be very offensive <laughs> because they're handling and And they're also, they're operating, their modus operandi is fear. Go ahead. I was just going to say, pretending something doesn't exist isn't the same thing as knowing it's unreality. And I feel like too much of it becomes that almost like that sticking your head in the sand and like, la, 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 I don't see anything, but that's not handling it. That's yeah. right. And I know that had once been my conception of science. You know, you just would state the truth and all hell would be breaking loose. And that's not bad, but it's better than nothing, I guess. But I was not handling it. So in citation nine to put down, this is a claim of sin. And you do treat sin differently than sickness. You must detect it, remove the mask, point out the illusion, 
and thus get the victory over sin and so prove its unreality. The whole purpose of it, yes, is to prove its unreality. But if you just jump to God is love and you haven't proven its unreality, then you're being handled by it. This is such an important point, and I know we go over it a lot, but that's because it needs to be gone over a lot. Florence, did you want to say something? Yeah, because she also has said that um, even the understanding we get is, is to prove the unreality of the false claim. It's not, you know, we don't get the understanding so that we will get the, um, the absolute because she said that the absolute, only the absolute will, will overcome or destroy the error. So we should really be, um, when we meet, meet, meet every false claim with the absolute truth, nothing short of that will answer. This is another watch that she gave, 390, I mean, Peace, 390. So it, it's, we are not understanding so that we can destroy something that's real. We are understanding so that we can say you never did exist. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. And the and the key there is to meet the error, defeat the error. No, not think, but no. It's unreality. And that is, to, to meet the error, you have to remove the mask. And what does that mean? Anybody thought about what, what, that, what that is? You certainly remove personality from the equation. You got to remove person. Thank you. Remove personality from the equation. Because many, many times, error will come to you through those closest to you, your own family, so to speak. It'll be someone who, you know, who you think you know, who you think you're related to, who you think, you know, is close to you, and you will have a preconceived notion about them, and they will have a preconceived notion about you, and they'll want your time. They'll want you to accept some false belief about whatever. They will, they will impose on you. They will even suck your blood if they could. And it will be error. Because it'll be, it'll be trying to drag you down. So you have to remove the mask. You have to, you, you have to, Say, this is not a person. This is not a person that I know or I think I know or that thinks that they know me. This is error, period. And when you can separate the error from the person, get away from, it's not personality, it's rank error. You have removed the mask. Then you deal with the error and you deal with it not only for your sake, but for their sake. And if you have to rip it apart <laughs> and if feelings get hurt, well, that's good. 
because feelings need to get hurt if they are wrong feelings. Well, and as, as Big Del Young says, if your feelings are hurt, get rid of your feelings. <laughs> but all of this is the personal sense, and it's a personal sense that restrains and says, you must be loving and, you know, personal sense, because they, they in their eyes, you are attacking an er a person and not an error, because that's how they operate, or that's how they see it. They haven't learned to see it impersonally. You're not attacking an error or a person you are attacking an error and that's all you are attacking and you have to attack it and then you cannot be nice to it afterwards <laughs> if you see an error being exposed and rebuked then you do not be nice to it because the person who maybe has been rebuked will be looking to you for sympathy and you've got to be strong and be supportive otherwise you're undermining it's just as we've talked about with children right one parent will say no, and then they'll right. run to the other parent who'll say, oh, dear little child, you know, of course you can do such and such. And totally undermines any discipline that's been going on. Then the whole house is in turmoil. That's right. <laughs> so I'm going to read to you because this is a very important chapter from Mary Baker Eddy, her spiritual footsteps. And we've referred to it often. It's chapter 67. Honest admission of facts. One morning when a member of the household appeared before her with the symptoms of a severe cold, Mrs. Eddy asked how she felt and the student replied, I am all right. Immediately this pseudo-scientific affirmation was met with a rebuke from Mrs. Eddy. What did she say? Tell the truth, truth about, about the lie. Tell the truth about the lie. And then it quotes what was in our lesson this week and in the watching point on page 252 of Science and Health. A knowledge of error and of its operations must precede that understanding of truth which destroys error. If you are under the delusion that two plus two is five, you're under that delusion and you'll you'll continue in that delusion till someone has enough love to point out the error even though it's sometimes very difficult when the person bites back at you, even though you do that, you must do it. Why? Because you love that person enough not to let them fall off a cliff. It's much easier just to let them fall off the cliff and ignore the whole thing. It takes guts and love to rebuke and point out you are under delusion that two plus two is five and you must realize it is four. And that is love. And anything less than that is not love. It isn't. You don't care. You really don't. And I understand all this because of all the stuff I've been through all these years. So it goes on. Knowledge of the correct method of releasing man from this human mesmerism. That is, it is not only the truth about the truth, but the truth about the lie. And then uh, Mrs. Eddy recognized that this student wanted to skip this not to be admitted step, not to be admitted step. Ignorance of animal magnetism spells bondage to animal magnetism. And under such bondage, no one can ever understand truth. Pilate's questioning cry, what is truth, will ring down the ages unanswered until man is ready to listen to the truth that will enable him to release himself from the mesmerism that, at present, makes him incapable 
of understanding the least particle of truth. In Christian science, the understanding of the truth about the lie must precede the understanding of the truth about the truth. This statement, tell the truth about the lie, which I heard from the lips of our leader, illustrates how she could set forth in a few words metaphysical truths of infinite moment. This one admonition alone, if understood by all students of Christian science, would be a light shining in the darkness. When students endeavor to hide their undestroyed errors under the cloak of scientific statements, it creates an unfortunate deception, which would tend to rob the honest inquirer of a right perspective. Mrs. Eddy would stand for no nonsense when unhandled errors were lurking in the mental home of a student. She demanded that we tell the truth about the lie. But when we did, it was to realize that it was a lie. And she's, Mrs. Eddy made the following statement. When we understand the truth of a lie, then we shall understand God and not until then. Calling or thinking era a lie relieves it of any personality, whatever. And then that quote, era found out is two thirds destroyed and the remaining third kills itself. And then, but the most important thing is true. Yes, you must finally realize that it is nothing, but that is how you prove it to be nothing. And otherwise you don't. So, this was a huge lesson for me when I came here because I didn't understand this. And this was one thing that Mrs. Evans taught over and over and over again till finally you get it. And when you get it, there's such a sense of peace. It's amazing. Otherwise, these eras, these niggling eras are just going on and on and on unhandled. You finally get to it and get rid of them and prove their nothingness. And that is the dominion that is promised in the Bible and in science and health. And until we prove their nothingness and, and, and literally, you know, destroy them in our own, in our own consciousness, because that's the only place that they exist is in our consciousness. Once we, once we destroy them in our consciousness, we have freed ourselves from so much baggage and we're ready to really be a great help to others. I think we can't also forget the powerlessness of these false beliefs that come. But he said it's important to also know that they are powerless. Not just unreal, that, that they don't exist, but they are powerless. That's Indeed. absolutely right. I mean, otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the whole that's the whole end of it is to prove that. Otherwise you've just if you've just built it up in your mind and made it into some big terrible thing, that's this is not the point at all. But it is to uncover so you know that two plus two does not equal five, it equals four. So then you can break that illusion and go on in the truth. But yes, if you haven't done that, if you're just going on and on with, oh my gosh, two plus two is five, everything's a mess, it's horrible, well, then you've done nothing. No, the whole point is to prove it's unreality. Yes, absolutely. I asked Jeremy to look this up for me because 
writes this on page 299 of Mary Baker Eddy's Lessons of the Seventh Day, the Brown Book. It says, Mother said, my students, this is quote, my students give me all the trouble I have. It is difficult for me to cope with their error. Mother wrote the manual because she said, quote, if the success of the church depended upon the board of directors, they would be taking up penny collections in the streets. At one time, Mother said, half the board of directors are stuffed shirts and the other half are trained monkeys. Oh, my goodness me. What did Mrs. Eddie say? <laughs> now, I say this because I don't know how many times if I've ever brought out about what goes on in, in the organization, as I call it. Oh, my gosh. You said something unloving. Well, hey, stuffed shirts <laughs> and trained monkeys. Or you can refer to Matthew 23. Woe well, unto you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, <laughs> which is in the lesson. It goes on and on and on. So please. Tell the truth about the yes. lie, please. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, then people don't know that this is operating. It's trying to operate in secret, and it wants yes. you to shut your mouth and not expose it. But again, this is a great balance because there's nothing very heroic about going around exposing other people's faults. That's what that's not what this is about. This is about exposing an error that needs to come out to be healed. And it has to be done and it has to be done with, yes, great wisdom, great care and mainly great love. But you will be accused of all kinds of things. As Jesus, what was Jesus accused of in this week's lesson? I find it interesting because that would, went right along with our chosen story this week. Yeah. So, but these are things that must be understood and not ignored. And, and as Lenny was saying, you don't pretend things don't exist because I was a master at pretending. And I, believe me, it does not work. Mm -hmm. And it's why many of you don't have the results you need to. It's a right, it's a right balance, though. As I said, you can't go around just blasting people and looking for their faults and exposing it and thinking you're doing some great thing, which we have seen. <laughs> it's not very helpful. No. But at the same time, when an error is presented to you and you feel God is moving upon the waters, then you must speak out and expose it because you love. Otherwise, you just let let it go to hell. I was thinking about this this week um, in reference to myself. You know, as soon as a false belief is seen, it begins to lessen. And I was, I was reminded, um, I don't know if you guys, well, of course you guys remember about 10 or 12 years ago when Lenny and I were up there, we did that tour of the mother church. Yes. Remember how we got in, and that was my first time in the church. And I took a bunch of photographs that day, and I just opened up to look at one of them right now. En engraved in the back of the church, in stone of the extension, it says, If we say that we have not sinned, 
We make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And I think that's really what this it, we're talking about here. You you have to be able to look at yourself honestly, right? And I think that obviously there were, there's a tendency to say I'm the perfect child of God, you know. And you've just totally skipped over the fact that you've got a few things to work on. So I. It's on the back of the church in stone. Thank you. I remember that was one of the things we were most struck with were the tough (laughs) sayings of Christ Jesus that were written in stone in the extension. It was as if Mrs. Eddy knew. She did know what would happen. All these things would be totally ignored. And as we said many times, right over the heads of the first and second readers um, was one, one from the Bible was rebuke, exhort, exhort. Um, that quote from the Bible and then in Science and Health about never breathing an immoral atmosphere and less an attempt to purify (laughs) purify it it wasn't God is love that was in yes the original but not in the extension oh here it is I just found it when error confronts you withhold not the rebuke or explanation which destroys it never breathe in an immoral atmosphere unless an attempt to purify it yeah that's above the it's right there under the organ. Yes, it is. Above the readers. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes. Carved in stone. Yes, carved in stone so it cannot be erased. <laughs> All through the church. And yes, the very beginning of spiritual footsteps. Text of her remarks at Pleasant View, speaking on the balcony. And you know this too. Quote, my dear students, guard your tongues. When you see sin in others, know that you have it in yourself and become repentant. If you think you are not mortal, you are mistaken. <laughs> I find my students either in an apathy or a frenzy. I am astonished at your ignorance of the methods of animal magnetism. Your enemies are working incessantly while you are not working as you should. They do not knock. They come with a rush. They do not take me unawares. I know before they come. Would that my head were a fountain of waters and my eyes rivers of tears that I might weep because of the apathy of the students and the little that they have accomplished. You have never seen me in my real home, but you may sometime come with me into it. But Mrs. Eddie did and what she accomplished was amazing. And then I just thank God for dear Carpenter who recorded it. And all of you, if you don't know this book, you need to know this book. And um, in that first chapter, the foreword, he brings out about the value of studying science and health with the key to the scriptures. And it um, expounds on an operative principle. The study of the Bible is equally important. And then the third element must be named, namely the life of Mary Baker Eddy. Recorded not only from the standpoint of material cause and effect, but also analyzed from the basis of spiritual cause and effect. This third study is vital because her experience illustrates not only how animal magnetism appears in the life of a Christian scientist determined to overcome it, but how it may be detected and overcome as well. 
And you see, that was kept from us. I mean, the devil, if you want to, we know there's no such thing, but animal magnetism did everything it could to keep this book out of our hands. Why? So we're blind. It's a doom. Yeah. Because it, it will help us destroy the belief in the devil. It will help us handle animal magnetism and destroy disease, sin, and death. And that belief is the only thing that is trying to keep this book out of people's hands. It's not a person. I think somewhere too, I read the nature of the serpent is to remain hidden. So, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised. It's trying to remain undetected. Absolutely. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It's very hard to do. The only way it can do what it is trying to do is if you don't see it, acknowledge it, remove the mask, and destroy it with the truth. And, you know, he, he brings out time and time again, because in the Peel book and perhaps in other books, Carpenter brings out, where Mrs. Eddy, you know, people could say, well, she was uh, picky or, you know, too upset over error. No, what she was detecting in people was the human mind, which is a killer. It's a killer. It's not so much the deed that's done. It's the fact that the human mind was behind it. The human mind kills. That was It's a murderer. That was a basic thing we were taught here. I mean, it ain't pretty. <laughs> I've been telling people, you know, I've tried to start reading the Frederick Douglas book. And I mean, it, it's just so horrendous about what went on. I, I don't think I can read it. So then I went, I was reading something about the life of Christ Jesus. And this chapter was all about Herod. And I said, holy Moses. <laughs> so all I can say is the human mind is just the worst. Not one good thing about it. And if it gets into power, it will do everything it can to destroy anything that's good. Now, it's not real. But if we're not proving it and we're just letting it go on and on and on, it would seem to leave a trail of damage behind it. And this is where we must come in. So I meant to bring what Florence wrote on the bulletin board. Um, I don't know if you have it, Florence, or I'll have somebody look it up quickly. Because that was very important. Do you have it? No, I don't have it here. Okay, we'll find it. Anyway, um, so this is why the importance, and especially we as Christian scientists, to stay out of this human mind, I say to stay in the Father's house. One side, there will be science and peace, and you can have it. But if you drift off into this human mind stuff, you will have the other. Discord. Discord and dismay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Florence's post on the bulletin board is wonderful that this beautiful lesson on truth coincides with Martin Luther King Day. Have we not all one father? Hath not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother by profaning the covenant of our fathers? And that's from Malachi, I guess. Someday all will understand and truth will be our reality that we may have peace, that the only God gives. Grateful for the Joe Carter interview on the website and presented every year here at this time. Worth listening to. Thank you. 
It is. So the Joe Carter interview, you all should listen to it. And, and as, um, as Dale talked yeah. about, yeah. And she said, you know, when they were confronted with things, they would say it is well with my soul. And, and, you know, the woman, the woman in the Bible who kept, her son had just passed on and she kept saying, but it is well. Now that's, that is different. See, all these things seem to be contradictions, but they were declaring the truth because they were in deep trouble. They needed to say that truth. Absolutely. They, what good would it be to discuss the era in either one of those cases? They were declaring the truth for themselves with their whole might and soul. And, and then that's good because we know people who go on and on and on talking about era. Again, this isn't what we're talking about. No, this is exposing the era if with a light touch, but not to go on and on about all your troubles. So, so Florence, what did you want to say about that post? If anything. Um, well, I mean, it just occurred to me that the lesson on truth is so it just struck something in me, and uh, it was amazing that it coincided with this time. <clears throat> and then the Malachi thing came to my thought. No, it's why, why, why she, and how long we go and go on like this? You know, the truth must be known by all. Yes. Been given so that we can be free. Yeah. And, you know, that was one of the, oh my gosh, heart-rendering things with this Frederick Douglass. You know, he kept asking, why, why, why am I a slave? And this other guy is a slave master, but truly, which is worse? <laughs> I don't know, honestly. But the thing is, so then we do declare the truth about all people, all people being free. And we're not going to deal treacher treacherously <laughs> with our brothers Love is love reigns. And yes, if we see it operating, we have a right to rebuke it. If God brings, tells us to do it, not just to ignore it or let it go on and on and on. Mm -hmm. So, and this is the truth and the truth, you know, the lesson ends with, um, that's what Tony talked about last week ages past but this leaven of truth is ever at work it must destroy the entire mass of error and so be eternally glorified in man's spiritual freedom so you you work with this truth sometimes we don't have to even know who what where or how in fact most times we don't but just know the truth is operating the truth will make all peoples free the truth will come upon people so maybe they'll examine themselves and know what they're doing wrong as again tony was bringing out earlier we must have this self-examination so we purify ourselves and and i told people that i worked with this week you work with this lesson all week and by the end of the week we will wake to know a world more bright to quote mrs eddie I think very important we work every day with the synonyms of God, but certainly when they come in the lesson like this, to work with them and know the truth is reigning. The truth will make people free. This truth that is in science, the world is ready for Christian science. This is Eddie said to declare, know that daily. Mm. Know this truth. And next week it's going to be on love. 
when we work with love. Last week was on light. Mm -hmm. This will have a great effect in the leavening that's going on. And I tell the people, I told them recently, and I know Florence does too, these people internationally, like Uta and Zari, that come from other countries, they are they are light houses in their in their countries. Yeah. Bringing the real science to their nation, to Europe to Africa, to Asia, to wherever they are, to America. And never, never think your work is in vain or it's not worth worth anything or there's only one of you. One wise man saved a city. And with a truth, which is all powerful, think of what it can do. And there are people still in slavery, all kinds of slavery, certainly the mental slavery, but also mm -hmm. other slavery. So we mustn't let this work. Well, the mental slavery is for all of us, yeah. everywhere. Everywhere. Well, and, and as Mary said, never underestimate what you can do by knowing what is true. Not by hoping, but by knowing what is true. Science and health starts out, truth is always the victor. That's a powerful statement. That's because truth is all powerful. Because truth is God. Truth is what made the universe and everything that's in it. Your knowing the truth has an incredible power all around you. You may not see it right away. You may not feel it right away but never deviate from it, and it will have a tremendous influence on everything around you. Thank you. Absolutely. We, we Sometimes it feels as if errors, you know, the champion, but no, no, no. No, and what, yeah, and what will happen is as you, as you um, stay in the truth, stay in the Father's house, crap will come to you. <laughs> Human problems will come to you, but they come to you to be healed, and they come to you because you're ready for them. They won't come to you unless you are ready for them. Lawrence's prayer talked about that, how the you know people voicing truth get the arrows, basically. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do. And, and it will be continued, so that's one of the Beatitudes. And that is the cross. Take up the cross, Mrs. Eddy says, and bear it. Oh. And you will win the crown. Leston also promises us on Citation 13, the higher the false knowledge builds, the more certain the downfall <laughs> of its structure. Thank you, yes. Yeah, that's what Babel is all about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's pretty stacked up now. It's ready to fall. Yeah, so. ready to yes. go. Yeah, and, and Babylon, you know, we had a, a Bible study on that. The Babylonian mm -hmm. woman, which Jeremy found in his post that he sent to me. Um, and that represents all this sexual stuff and, and the luring people out of from the truth. And go ahead, read what Mrs. Eddy said about it. It's on miscellany, page 125. She says, the Babylonish woman would enter even the church, the body of Christ, truth, 
and and retaining the heart of the harlot and the purpose of the destroying angel would pour wormwood into the waters the disturbed human mind to drown the strong swimmer struggling for the shore aiming for truth and if possible to poison such as drink of the living water thank you Gee, that's not very pleasant, is it? <laughs> but believe me, it happens. And if, you, if you're not aware of it is happening, you're just going to sit there and let it happen. But that's a phase of the, more, of the human mind. It will always try to kill if it can. That's all it knows to do because it is totally ignorant. And it is totally <laughs> jealous of the divine mind. <laughs> Yes, yes, and that's the thing, the human mind, that's why it's a murderer. You know, it's, it's and in the lesson in Revelation, um, uh, and he cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye may be not partakers of her sins, that ye receive not her plagues. Interesting. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus, with the violence that shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. Where else is millstone talked about in the Bible? The children of Jesus. Yes. And to me, this is this idea of child pornography, sex trafficking, all this. Holy Moses, you don't want to be in that spot. There will be destruction of it. That's the only way it can be, right? It has to be destroyed. And just don't be hanging on to it. And everything will be fine. So, um A light, as light destroys darkness, and in the place of darkness all is light, so an absolute science, soul, or God is the only truth giver to man. And that's why we have to be so wise right now, because there are false prophets. There are people that speak and... And, uh, and promise you things that they cannot deliver. Politicians. Yes. Are they never intended... No, they no. just they just want your support, your vote, your what, your money, your life, your soul. So only God, trust in truth, have no other trust. In a something that Carrie sent, the nineteen thirteen journal, the spirit of unrest is abroad. All men and nations are moved by it to question everything that it is and to wonder what the next things will be. Every institution is challenged to show cause for its existence, and the assertion is frequently made that everything is different from what it was, say, 50 or 100 years ago. Now, this is in 1913. The home and the church are conspicuous targets for criticism, assertion, and prophecy. All this is well and good. All this is well, and good will come of it in due time. But it is well to remember that false spirits and false prophets are abroad, and that the unrest of the times is in part an artificial intoxication. Mm -hmm. 
while much of the assertion and prophecy is mere guesswork and therefore worthless, if not injurious. injurious. This was 1913, shortly after Mrs. Eddy passed. And the great red dragon was, was at work having a field day. It was promoting the Bolsheviks in Russia. It was promoting bigger, huge government everywhere around the world, Federal Reserve, income tax, all the all the imposition of the human mind on hum on individual freedom. But remember, I love that artificial intoxication. That's why I don't get so into era that you're artificially intoxicated with what's going on. Because the study of, of the Adam dream is, as I just said, with, between reading some of these books is pretty horrendous. So stay, stay with the truth. Go back to what's true. Declare the truth about it. And no, honesty is spiritual power. And dishonesty is what? Human weakness. Which forfeits divine help. So anywhere, my friends, the dishonesty is going on. And again, we do not have to know who, when, where. That's not for us to decide. But anywhere it is, is forfeiting the help of Almighty God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what the heck can they do? <laughs> Nothing. 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 Ultimately, it's it's a big illusion. It is, and that's why we prove it. And we, but we continue to prove it, and we help those who seem to be in in the dream. Um, waking, it's a waking up process. And many people, certainly, Frederick Douglass, he rose out of it, didn't he? And he was a Christian, and it was yes, through bloody step upon bloody step, but he did rise out of it and then helped many others know the truth about this horrendous system. He spoke, he rebuked, he called out he the, did. The, the sleeping Christians were not standing up where they should be standing. He up. sure did. He spoke out, he rebuked. Wow. And woke people up. And then we know there were many that were definitely the abolitionists, no question in their mind about it. And they knew that. So, so that, you know, the wheat and the tares always growing side by side. And that's just one example of the, how horrendous the Adam dream can be. But even in, even in that, even in all that, there was God, right? There. God. Yes. And so it will always be. And so it is with our own selves. So the leaven of truth, the leaven of truth and not personal intercommunication, but divine law is the communicator of truth, health and harmony mm -hmm. to earth and humanity. And that voice is always speaking always to everybody, every place, everywhere including people like the, quote, slave owners. It's speaking, and it cannot be resisted, and it is changing the world. 
And thank God we've got this science to work and, and shows the utter, yes, powerlessness, nothingness of it, but to be proven. We've got to prove it. So, <clears throat> let's see. I think I covered mostly what I wanted to say today, amazingly enough. So, anyway, we will end with something that uh, Carrie sent us. Yeah, this is a, an excerpt from an article entitled Signs of the Times in the 1926 issue of Credit Monthly, which is published in New York City. And contributions to this article are from G.A. Studdard Kennedy, one of the biographers of Mrs. Eddy. Oh. And he says, there is no quality of character which tends so much to integrity, to soundness, to progress, and to leadership as the telling of the truth at all times and in all circumstances. The truth sometimes seems harmful in certain circumstances or in serious pinches, but the truth never harms permanently. It brings its reward if one is but patient enough to wait upon it. In the morals of business, in the ethics of credit, veracity is the most highly needed quality. What does it profit a man to misrepresent the goods he is selling or his affairs? What good is accomplished in credit work by giving an inquirer a false report of a debtor's standing? We cannot build up the morals of business or the ethics of credit without a faithful adherence to truth, no matter how urgent the circumstances may be or the temptation to prevaricate. What a loss it would have been to our history had Abe Lincoln lacked veracity. He would have remained a struggling lawyer in Springfield. His name would not have dignified American history. His statue would not have looked upon the House of Parliament in Westminster. So it is with some who remain obscure. They have failed in leadership. They have offered nothing to the nation's upbuilding because they lacked veracity, because they put their faith in lying. Of all human qualities, truth in season and out of season yields the largest profits. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for your Thank work. You. Yeah, thank you.